I am always a positive encouragement. I edify and build up. I never tear down or destroy. Now remember, these declarations that we are doing is not declarations where we are right now, but it's where we want to speak into our lives and wind up. Amen? So these declarations are not where we are, but where we want to become and where we want to get. I am always a positive encouragement. I edify and build up. I never tear down or destroy. Okay, let's talk about edification for a while. What is edification? It is to make strong, to build up, to encourage, to support. Romans 14, 19 through 21 says this in the Amplified. So let us then definitely aim for and eagerly pursue what makes for harmony and for mutual upbuilding, edification and development of one another. That's why we're here today. We want to build up ourselves and we want to build up and encourage one another. If somebody comes in and they say, I'm having a tough time, then, you know, we don't push them down and kick them and line them up and say, okay, let's everybody walk on Mark Jackson today. Make sure you step on his, the side of his head. You ladies with that real high heel, put it right there in his temple and put him out of his... No, we don't do that. We try to encourage him. So we are going to edify and build up one another. Verse 20, you must not, for the sake of food, undo and break down and destroy the work of God. Listen to this. Everything is indeed ceremonially clean and pure, but it is wrong for anyone to hurt the conscience of others or to make them fall by what he eats. The, the right thing is to eat no meat or drink no wine at all or do anything else if it makes your brother stumble or hurts his conscience or offends or weakens him. I know that in here that we have, we have brothers and sisters in this room that have dealt and wrestled with the alcohol demon for years. So I'm not going to pull in here in communion and pour real wine and say, here, this is the Lord's Supper. You know why? Because I don't want to cause somebody to stumble. If you have a conviction about watching certain kinds of movies, I'm not going to invite you to my house to watch certain kinds of movies that you're trying to get away from. So I have to be careful that what I may feel is okay for me to do may not be okay for you to do. So I can't take my liberty and do what I feel is okay if it's going to cause you to get weak. Romans 14 is a very nice chapter because Paul slaps us all around. If you're going on a diet, I'm not going to take you to an all-you-can-eat buffet. We're going to go have a salad together. And then after we leave, you'll see me go through McDonald's. You know why? It, it didn't hurt me to eat all that fat, but I'm trying to help you. I might wait till you leave make sure you're over the hill before I go pull into McDonald's. But that's what Paul is saying. The way We don't enjoy our lifestyle at the expense of not edifying someone else. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. That's in the King James. The, in a, the New Living says this, You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is helpful. Yeah, right? You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. It's not beneficial for me. So what do I need to do? Don't think only of your own good. Think of other Christians and what is best for them. Somewhere down the road in our journey with God, we are going to have to stop being selfish, self-centered, 
self-indulgent, always on the me train. That's a second cousin to the soul train. You got the high chair and then you've got the eye chair. And the eye chair is where the big baby always has to sit. Well, I wouldn't be a drunk if everybody do what they were supposed to in life. I wouldn't be a drug addict if everybody else would do what they were supposed to and then I wouldn't feel pressured. I wouldn't eat mustard and bologna sandwiches at 3 in the morning if everybody in church would just behave and do what they're supposed to do. You see? I can't think of my own good. I have to think of what others are thinking. I have to become an edifier. I have to become a builder. I have to be the one that says, I am willing to put down my comfort in order to make you grow. In order to get you established, I am an encourager. I am an edifier. I am a builder. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as you do also, even as also you do. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 in the NIV. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. In the Amplified, therefore, encourage, admonish, and exhort one another and edify, strengthen and build up one another just as you are doing. Listen, if you've had a rough day, there's no reason for you to come to church and the preacher beat you up. What's the use if somebody has had a bad day, a bad week and you go through hell Monday through Saturday and you just barely got your nose, you know, you're standing on your tippy toes and you're praying that the water just doesn't wipe out the sand that you're standing on. Because if it does, you're over. And that you, you fight the devil all week. You fight the devil in your kids. You fight the devil in your spouse. You fight your devil in yourself. You go through life's problems, and you know what? Life has enough problems, but then our own drama from family and relationships and friends and people we don't even understand or know comes into our life, and we're all dealing with that. There is no reason why we should walk into church and get beat up. That's why I'm purposely going to try to be nice to you. I'm going to be nice. Now, if we get out of line, I'm going to talk to you about it. I'm going to try to help you, as they say in Tennessee, help you. I want to help you encourage one another if somebody's had a bad day say something nice if somebody's had a bad day take them to lunch be kind to them strengthen them build them up they don't need to hear how bad they are when they come to church this may be this is the only place they're going to come and get their battery recharged and leave here feeling like you know what something inside of me is good So I've got to be an encourager. I've got to be somebody that builds up and doesn't tear down. Okay. Even so, 1 Corinthians 14, 12, King James. Even so ye, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. The Amplified in 1 Corinthians 14, 12 says this. So it is with yourselves since you are so eager and ambitious to possess spiritual endowments and manifestations of the Holy Spirit, concentrate on, striving to excel and to abound in them in the ways that will build up the church. In order for us to have a strong church, we have to have strong families. We have to have a standard. The church has a standard. It's the Word of God. That's where the buck stops. Some of you who have kids, i got teenagers. Now listen, if you have kids and you leave them run around till 2 and 3 and 4 in the morning and then Johnny ends up in jail, don't call me wondering what happened. Because what happened was you didn't follow the standard of the church because the standard of the church is anything past midnight around here is plenty late enough. 
What are you going to do after dark? Don't let your, your kids out 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and then wonder why they're getting in trouble. You know where they need to be? They need to be home in bed. And whether you believe it or not, those little darlings don't have enough sense to make rational decisions on their own. That's why God put parents, moms and dads and grandparents in their life to help lead them through life. I've got four of them and I tell them, I am not your friend. I am your father. And there will be times when you will not like me because I'm going to tell you no. Well, we can take away this and we can take away that and we can make them just sit at home with us because you know what? That's not going to affect anything I do. And the church is there to help edify and build up. So if the church can build strong families, then strong families build a strong community. And I wish you could see the state statistics for Fayette County. We have about the third highest teen pregnancy rate in this state. We have drug problems. We have alcohol problems. We have, we have a lot of scientists in this county. Meth. I'm telling you. We have a lot of problems and the church is going to have to step up to the plate. You know why this church is one of the fastest growing churches in this area? is because we're trying to reach needs of people. That's what we're trying to do. And we will have, we will have a drug treatment program. And who knows, we may have a halfway house for drug addicts before it's all over with. Who knows what all we're going to have because we have to answer the needs of the community. God wants us to edify the church. That's why he gives you the Holy Ghost so you can make the church stronger. So you're not just getting the Holy Ghost to make yourself stronger. You're getting the, the Holy Ghost to build the kingdom of God here in this area. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a king. Kingdom builder. When the devil beats your brains out on Tuesday afternoon of this week, remind yourself, I'm a kingdom builder. There's a new sign for the fridge. I'm a kingdom builder. You got it? What shall we say then? Or what then shall we say, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. God wants his church strong. He doesn't want you to just come in and open up a book and, and see the uh, funeral service and see the wedding service and see everything right there in the book. And I just get up here and read it to you. Ephesians 4.11. And his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us. Watch this. He gave apostles special messengers. He gave prophets, inspired preachers, and expounders. I hope I'm an expounder. Some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherds of his flock, and teachers. Why? His intention, God's intention, was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, the church. We are all in this to build. So when you get a, a burr in your saddle against somebody in here because they did something wrong or looked at you the wrong way, just remember, i got to be a builder. When you get mad and you want to pout, hit pause and shout. No reason to pout about it, just shout about it. Well, I don't feel like shouting. Do it anyway. I can't do that. That's fake. That's hypocrite. Well, all the hypocrites are in church. Just ask anybody out in the world. They'll tell you. But that's all right. So we work together in harmony to build the church. We work in harmony to help each other. God is building a family. And so when God builds a family, that's cool. Because if one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight, Right? Three a million, this beautiful basket's got me held up. Three a million, God is building family here. Love your family. 
There will be times when somebody will make you mad in here. Remember these words. You'll be driving down the road and you'll want to think of 17 ways to crucify them, crucify them. It may be me. So we're here to build up the church. So when the devil wants to plant seeds in your mind that, you know what? you got two choices. You either kick it out of your mind or you let it sit there and incubate. And if you let it incubate, you're in trouble. Because then you have this odd against your brother. And we don't need that. We've got to stay together as a family. We fight the devil long enough, hard enough, all week long. There's no room for us fighting in here. So let's endeavor to strive for the unity of the spirit and keep on walking and keep doing what God's called us to do. Building up. I'm an edifier. Amen. Are you an edifier? I'm a builder. Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Let your words be positive. Now, you know, there are times when, when the words that you have to describe a situation, you use the appropriate wording. But you know what? There are also times when all you need to do is say something good. If you go to visit someone's visitation and you know they were a snake, a devil, a dragon, and Lucifer's son, you look down at him and say, sure does look good, doesn't he? You don't have to say how mean he was. You don't have to say how he kicked his wife all the way to town and back, do you? He looks good. He probably does. You're probably surprised flames aren't coming out his eyes. He looks good. Say something positive. When I shake your hand going out the door today, if all of you say that was a great message, I'm going to be thinking. Sounds like a conspiracy. Find something good to say about someone that they will benefit them. Don't use foul or abusive language. Listen, be careful what you call your kids. They're not your little dummy because they're half you. I tried never, never to say to my kids, you were bad. I said, I tried. We've covered that up with, that was very ugly what you said. That wasn't nice what you did. I've never called my, come here, stupid. I've never said that. You know why? Because they're half me. They're your children. Say positive things over them. If you're, they're constantly called dumb and stupid, they're going to think that they are. And then the devil's going to come in and say, okay, you're dumb and stupid and you're no good. Nobody likes you. You're the last guy to get picked for the softball team all the time. Put positive things in their minds. They hear your words, but more than hearing your words, they see your actions. Don't ground them over cussing a streak as long as an aircraft carrier and you turn around and do it. Listen, moms and dads, you cannot get on your kids for something that you're doing. Don't do as I do, do as I say. You have to be a, an edifier, but you have to lead by example. You see, you've got to live a lifestyle that's, that people can imitate and emulate. Jesus lived a life that we can imitate. Amen? So he also lived a life that he built up. The woman was outside the city. They were going to stone her because it, she was caught in the very act of adultery in the temple. And they were going to stone her. That's what the law said. And Jesus built her up and said, look, wait a minute. He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And they all left. And she's the only one left. And he says, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. What is he doing? He's building her up. He didn't say, you're white trash. He didn't say, you shouldn't be doing that in the temple and I'm going to stone you. He could have said, you know, uh, life be gone and she'd have just fell over dead. But he was showing her compassion. He was edifying her. Okay, let's go on. 
Let each one of us make it a practice to please make happy his neighbor for his good and for his true welfare, to edify him, to strengthen him, and to build him up spiritually. Instead, we should all please our brothers for their own good in order to build them up in the faith. I, my job is to build you up in the faith. Your job is to build me up in the faith. We're to build each other up. Well, I'm an edifier, amen? Is that what it said? I am an edifier. Let's go on. 2 Corinthians 13, for we are glad when we are weak and you are strong and this also we wish even your perfection. Perfection in the, in the scriptures means complete. All right, so when you see the word perfect, that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing, God means complete. All right, so everybody says, well, there ain't no way I'm going to be perfect, so I might as well rip that page out of the book. No, it means complete. Therefore, I write these things being absent, lest being present, I should use sharpness. Now, this is Paul. According to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. Let's go on. Same thing in the Living Bible. We are glad to be weak and despised if you are really strong. Our greatest wish and prayer is that you will become mature Christians. I want you to become strong in Jesus. That's what our goal is here. Right? Hopefully you're doing something now that you weren't doing a year ago for God or even a month ago for God. I am writing this to you now in the hope that I won't need to scold and punish you when I come or punish when I come. For I want to use the Lord's authority that he has given me not to punish you but to make you strong. So if there's ever a time when the preacher's preaching and the word gets a little close, no. If the word gets close, maybe God's trying to tell you something. Don't you think? So I'm an edifier. I am an edifier. I'm going to build up. I'm going to strengthen. I'm a kingdom builder. I'm not going to tear down. Be careful what you say. People will never forget words. Never, ever, ever do they forget words. Be careful what you say. Be a builder. Think positive. Speak positive. Amen? Positive thinking becomes positive actions. Negative thinking becomes negative actions. All right. I am always a positive encouragement. I edify and build up. I never tear down or destroy. That's number nine. All right, number ten. I will cry to the most or God most high who performs on my behalf and rewards me. I will cry to the God most high who performs on my behalf and rewards me. God's got your back. Look at your neighbor and tell him God's got your back. God's got your back. But in my distress, Psalm 18, 6 says, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry reached his ears. When you are all by yourself and you think that nobody else is listening and you let out that feeble cry, Jesus, you got to help me. He hears it. I'm telling you, he hears it. When everybody else has shunned you and nobody else remembers you and everybody else has forgot all about you, you know what? God is still walking with you. That one, that one verse in Isaiah 53 says he was despised and rejected of men. I read that over and over and over and I just, it just never really hit me until I lived a part of that. And when I lived a part of that and then I was the one that was despised and I was the one that was rejected of men. It's like, wow, something is going on here. And let me say this. There will be times when your spiritual family will become closer to you than your natural family. Jesus said, I came to send a sword on the earth. 
I came to send a sword between father and son, between mother and daughter. There are people that will come into this church and God will get a hold of them, fill them with the Holy Ghost. They will go back to their natural family and their natural family says, if you're going to go to that church, you just might as well forget us. They'll say that. I've seen that. I've heard of, of parents telling their daughters, 16, 17-year-old daughters, we'd rather you be a prostitute than go to that church. I'm telling you, the devil is vicious and people are vicious, but God hears your cry and God knows where you're at and God knows what you're feeling and what you're going through. He knows. When it seems like nobody else is around, God is right there. When it seems like nobody else cares, Jesus is right there. The eyes of the Lord are on the what? The righteous. Hey, I'm righteous. Are you righteous? Yes. I like that. Some of you didn't want to say because you said, well, you just, you just don't know. the." Some of you just shipped out another load of hell this week. You just shipped it right in. Pull up to port. Pull back the tarps. Let her out. I'm trying to be righteous. I'm striving. I'm, in, I'm endeavoring. I'm pursuing. Amen? If you're pursuing, you're righteous. If you're working at it, you're holy. Come on. Come on. You're not like you used to be. You're not drunk and high and in jail somewhere. You're here. You're alive. It's working good. We're here. Yeah? Come on. Can I get a witness, all you repeat offenders? I'm here. Oh, I better settle down. We might have a, we might have a campfire here in a minute. And his ears are attentive to their cry. Hey, Lord, I'm striving to do better. You know what? He said, I'm hearing you, boy. You just hang in there. You just keep on walking. You know what? You can't fix stupid. Did you know that? You can't fix ignorance. There are going to be people in your life that are going to be stupid and ignorant, and you can't fix them. The, the thing that's stupid and ignorant is if you allow their stupid and ignorance to get a hold of you and pull you down. You still have to keep sailing. You still have to keep walking. You still have to keep fighting. You may be standing in the middle of Belleville State Hospital in upstate New York, and you might be the only one on the 15th floor that's got any noodles left, and you just have to keep your noodles. You hearing me? There may be sin all around you, but God has his eye on you, and his ear is listening for your cry. God is your God. All right, John. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their distresses and troubles. Now, it doesn't say he's going to do it right then. Lord, I want patience and I want it right now. There's only one formula for patience. That's the trying of your patience. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. I want patience, Lord. Get ready for trouble. I want to lose my temper, Lord. Get ready for trouble. I want to be happy, Lord. Get ready for some sad times. I want some money. Get ready to be broke. But he delivers them out of all of their distresses and of all of their troubles, and he hears us when we cry for help. I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. We hate the word waited. Think about this. I waited patiently on the, and expectantly for the Lord and he inclined his ear. It may not look like he's going to answer you, but he will. What did he tell Moses? Mountain range, mountain range, Red Sea, and the best army in the world chasing him down? Stand still. Watch what I do. Just stand there. Hang on. Just wait. 
On the very day I call to you for help, my enemies will retreat. This I know, God is on my side. How about that? On the day that I call you for help, Jesus, my enemies are going to start to back away. Because you know what? It's just like facing the big bullet down the street. You don't want to mess with my dad. He may be whipping you and beating you up. And you say, you know what? Let me just introduce you to my dad. The devil wants to do that. He wants to beat you up. He wants to pull you down. He wants to whip on you and say, what we got to realize is my father is his boss. And so when I call on God, my enemies begin to back away because I know that God is on my side. It doesn't matter what kind of week you had. God is still on your side. It doesn't matter what kind of life you had. It doesn't matter if you come in here and we run your record and you got something that reaches down to the river and back, a whole list. God is still on your side. God wants to take that life that was broken by sin and crime and all of that darkness and he wants to put his stamp of the Spirit on there and he wants to say, Son, you are my child. Come on in. That's what God's looking for. And that's what God wants to do. He loves you. It doesn't matter what the judge says. It doesn't matter what your PO says. It doesn't matter what your lawyer says. What matters is Jesus is on your side. Look at your neighbor and say, God's on my side. I cry out to God most high, Psalm 57, 2 and 3, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. God has a purpose for you. He will send help from heaven to save me, rescuing me from those who are out to get me. You ever had anybody chasing you? But God is going to send help for me from heaven, rescuing me from those who are out to get me. My God will send his unfailing love and his faithfulness to me listen spouses will let you down family will let you down pastors and preachers may let you down but listen god is always going to be faithful to you all right god is always going to be faithful to you and let me say this you don't come to this church because i'm the preacher you come to this church because jesus is god Now, you may like me, and that's fine. I like you too. But that's not the reason you're coming here. You're coming here because Jesus is God, and he's going to rescue you. And let's go on, John. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I call to you all day long. It doesn't matter. You keep calling to God when you're in the shower. You can call to God when your bed's shaking at 437 from 5.2. You can call on the name of God. How many of you called on God at 437 the other morning? Yeah, Dan did. Yeah. Some of us thought it was a rapture. I said, you got to get up and start doing this. Lord, let one of these jumps let my feet leave the ground, Lord. I'm here. Come get me. Don't leave me here. For I call all day long. I'm going to talk to him when I'm in traffic. I'm going to talk to him when somebody else is trying to call my cell phone. I may be talking to God and can't talk to you right now. Psalm 107, Lord, help. They cried in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and he stilled the waves. What a blessing What was that stillness as he brought them safely into the harbor. Let me tell you something. All of us are on life's sea and all of us have trouble. Some of us are just at different levels of trouble. Most of us are broke, just at different levels. 
I start thinking I'm broke when I got lots of digits with a slash, a hyphen in the front. And I'm like, Jesus, is it the 15th yet? You know it's bad when you start counting the days and it's like eight more days to the first of the month. And then you turn on Dave Ramsey and it's beans and rice and rice and beans. Believe us, Dave, we're right there. But we're all going through life storm and we're all on life's sea. And some of you are at different levels in this journey. Some of you have come in and you've gotten baptized and been filled with the Holy Ghost and your lives are starting to come together and you're experiencing some opposition from the enemy. Others of you are new to this and you're wanting to get baptized or some of you are just visiting and you're wondering what in the world are all those people? They're crazy. We affirm that. We are. But I'm telling you something. When you're in your trouble, God will save you from your distress and he will calm that storm to a whisper. Some of you are on the sea right now, and I mean it's bouncing. Let's all stand. It is all bouncing. And though anybody ever been deep sea fishing and been in rough waves? And you're seasick, and life's got you seasick. And life's got you where it wants you. Life's got you down and out. And all you want to do is you want to get back to that harbor because you know when you get back in that harbor, in that marina, it's going to smooth out a little bit. I'm going to be all right. But you see, we're out in the open, and we're being pressed from every side you're being pressed by the undertow and you're being pressed by the crest of the waves and you're being pushed by the winds that are pushing against the boat and you got this constant rocking and you just can't get you just can't get done what you want to get done why because god will hear your cry i have cried to the lord and he heard me and has he brought me safely into the harbor and they came to jericho And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the great deal more. You know what? The devil doesn't want you to cry to Jesus. The devil doesn't want you to say a word. He just wants you to keep your mouth shut. Somebody may think you're weird. Somebody may think you're in trouble. But the Bible says he cried out even more, a great deal. And he said, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. Man, when you got the master standing still, something's fixing to happen. Jesus stood still and he commanded him to be brought that called and they called the blind man saying unto him, be of good comfort, he's calling you. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy what? Faith. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to have faith. Thy faith hath made thee whole, and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. you got to have faith. The devil's going to attack your faith. And you're going through hell on Wednesday, your faith is being tried. Guess what? Your faith is strong because you're still here. Your faith is strong because you stayed sober. Your faith is strong because you stayed clean. You got it? You see where we're going? Your faith is still strong because it's keeping you. It's holding you. But the winds are blowing. Didn't say the winds would stop blowing, but your faith is holding you where you need to be. I cry to you, O Lord, and I say, you are my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, 
for I am desperate. I'm in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. How about this? Listen to my cry. What's that declaration? I will cry to the God Most High who performs on my behalf and rewards me.